Every time there's a problem, especially in terms of leadership, people are so scared to address the problem. How do you lead an organization and the people in it? My name is Desi Mayer and I've been doing both of these for over 15 years. Now it's time for me to give back and help leaders across the country. In this podcast, I share the lessons that I've learned from competing at the highest of levels in sports and small business. Buckle up, it's time to lead. As a leader, I mean, from, I mean, honestly, people ask me all the time, how long you've been doing what you're doing? I'm mm-hmm. like, um, since second grade. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, well, leading people. I've been a captain, a coach, a teacher, uh, you know, a leadership coach, right. a trainer in some way, shape or form been leading people since second grade, basically. Um, when so you say like, leading people, what do you mean? How does a second grader lead people? And as a captain of a sports team. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Line yeah. leader. Yep. Line leader. <laughs> all those things. Yeah. So what I've been doing, what I've been doing is what I've been doing my whole life. It's basically. just you. You're not doing anything because it's. Yeah. It's, it's just, I'm just, just showing up and now I'm just trying to share what I've learned and how it can help. Perfect. Especially how, what I've learned in the sports arenas and how that branches over to business because some of your best entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm tend to be athletes of some sort sure. or were. Um, and that's how they think. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of the perspective that I come into. I never try to lead with, I'm the business guru. Nope. I am not. Right. Right. I know people, I know yeah. people really well. I'm very curious, uh, about human behavior sure. in general. Sure. Um, and that curiosity gets me every single time. And that's kind of what I've devoted my life to master and to help other people master so that they can lead people better so that people are happier. Cause you know, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, happiness I, is not bad. Like it's, you know, but I feel like it's all, especially with a bunch of dudes. It's like, right. are you happy? No, that, that matters, man. Yeah. Like, that matters a lot. Hey, life's tough. It is, man. Yeah. So it's like, if we got to go to a place for eight hours a day that we don't like and doesn't make us happy, that sucks. Right. That's sucks. And like, time. if you're doing that, stop. Leave, yeah. do something different. Exactly. Right. And like, I, I'm talking from experience. So if you're like, well, how do you do that? Trust me. I jumped off the cliff. You can too. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, you know, when it, that's what, that's what I mean when it comes to what I'm doing is what I've been doing my whole life. I like that. I so. want to talk about that transition, man. Yeah. Jumping off the cliff. Hey, hey, there's a cliff. loaded story there. Welcome to the Priority Traffic Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. Our mission is to provide our audience with practical information that can be put to work immediately in order to give yourself the tactical advantage on your everyday decisions. All right. Today we got our good, good friend Desi Maynard in Maynard Leadership, uh, extensive background in leadership, athletes, coaching, teaching. And just being an all-around awesome guy. So, uh, Desi, say hi to the folks out there. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Priority Traffic Podcast. <laughs> yes. Uh, Pumped to be here today. <laughs> he is bringing the energy, and he's bringing us up. Can't wait. This is going to be an awesome conversation. Heck yeah. yeah. A lot yeah, of man. energy for clearly fasted and one cup of coffee. So, I'm ready <laughs> yes. to see this man on, too. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I, I had my super healthy meal on the way here, a cliff Bar, a protein bar, and... 
all the things that yeah. you do on the run to stay healthy. <laughs> the old trifecta bars. Yeah. <laughs> did you get a workout in this that's, morning? Uh, no, I did not because I was getting uh, I was getting my blood check. So. Oh, so that's what the, yeah, I had the to last fast, minute deal was. Relax, chill out. Yeah, so I have to hit that this afternoon, but uh, always good. So yeah, man. I'm here. I'm ready to roll. That's Caffeine perfect. headache subsided. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you. You know what's crazy about getting your blood checked? I do IVs every day. And I'm sitting there, I got a tiny little needle in there, and I just see my blood going in this tube, and I'm like, I won't get woozy. woozy. And she's like, on the fourth <laughs> tube, and I'm like, I'm just going to look away. <laughs> like, I should be good with every this. Every time you know? I have to, I have to do it. Every time I look away, I can't yeah. do it. She's so, like, you, anyway. you got right with this? I go, oh, yeah. Yeah. This ain't nothing. I'm like, looking at it, I'm like, maybe it's not. <laughs> this is hurting. Yeah. When oh. she pokes in, I'm like, not watching. And then I'll, oh, I'll give it a glance. Then it's just... Psh, psh, it's like, yeah. so it's kind of weird. I'm like, I'll give myself an IV, you know, but it's going the other way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What a weird scenario. So leadership and we're going to just kind of go broad on leadership today, but leadership and wellness, leadership in the fire service, leadership in life, yeah. family, mm-hmm. and then self-leadership. Like, I think that's where it starts. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think that self-leadership even starts mentally first. Uh, before it even goes physical, okay. to, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, you got to have your mind right before you're going to even walk in the gym. Right. Otherwise, if you, you know, I mean, you had something right in your head before you even walk into the gym. So I think that mental health. Sure. Uh, you know, obviously it's a stigma. It's one of the walls that you guys are trying to break down. And I'm glad to be a part of it. Absolutely. Um, you know, especially when it comes to different industries, different uh, scenarios, different situations, different people. I think all of those things, I think it all starts, it all starts in the head. You got to take care of yourself. Dude, mental the, that mental brain, game is man, huge. Yeah. The brain can, it can build you up and make you a beast or it can uh, make you cower in the corner at the same time. And it seems like so, uh, within that week's time, you can go from being a beast to being locked in. If you're not careful, you know, you oh, stay on it. Absolutely. Awful. I mean, just even the, the, you know, the sports game, the business game, like you can be on top of a mountain at 9 a.m. And want to <laughs> be in a dumpster fire at noon. Right. You know, yeah, I believe it. And then back up at the top of the mountain by the end yeah. of the day. Like it's, uh, you know, so you got to be able to ride that roller coaster, roll through adversity, you know, and, and those, these are all the things that I've learned in sports. Yeah. You know, honestly, um, that uh, have worked throughout the test of life. Sure. You know, and sports are like uh, pretty comparable when I, I would say comparable to fire service i mean like the high stress scenarios right like Absolutely. we have decisions under stress and so our our the demand is moderately different than mm-hmm. uh athletics but yeah. at the same time i don't have a 245 pound linebacker coming at me at 45 <laughs> miles an hour trying right. to rip my head yeah. off yeah. Yeah. yeah i gotta fight fire and do those things yep. yeah but the, the demand is still the same when it comes to that pressure scenario. Yeah. Like I, performing. I think you build that. Pre- it's all relevant. Right. The pressure that I can build in my head in front of 110,000 people, you know, at the big house on national television mm-hmm. with a 320 pound dude. And I got to snap the ball. The pressure that I build in my head could be very similar to the same thing you're doing before you go and run into a fire. Sure. You know, and so I think it's all relative. Depends on the pressure yeah. that you kind of create in our own heads. Um, but yeah, all relevant and all super important at the same time. Yeah. You know, you said, you said something that really stuck out to me. There's creation, like you Mm -hmm. said, great, but creation of like, you're, you're manifesting this in your mind. Oh yeah. This pressure Mm -hmm. or stress, depending on how you want to look at it, but it can always go good or bad. Right. But either way you think it's going to go, it's probably going to go. Yeah. That's, and I mean, you're talking about visualization. You're yeah. talking about, 
you know, the, the confidence levels and believing in your abilities and mm-hmm. things like that. Like those aren't just sports. Those are, Dude, I mean, everything that we do right. has to do. I mean, every time you jump under a bar or anything like that, yeah, yeah uh, the same things apply, yeah. you know? And I think the same things apply when it comes to being a husband, to being a dad, to being a business leader. Like this goes throughout. Like sure. people ask me all the time, like, what's your industry? And I'm like, I'm industry agnostic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I, they always say, well, where, where, you know, where did you work best? And I say with humans. Sure. You sure. know, but also I'm decent with dogs. dogs. Are sweet, right? You know, yeah. I'm good with dogs. Try that one out, man. Um, so, so, so yeah, it's like, where, look, people are always the problem. Yep. yep. But the good thing is the people are always a solution. Always. Right? And uh, it's just a matter of diving into that and figuring out and attacking it. Every time there's a problem, especially in terms of leadership, people are so scared to address the problem. Sure. And it's like, first of all, just ask them because it's not a secret. Everyone knows. I mean, I guarantee you we go into each of your, is it precinct? Is that what it is? Not a precinct. Department. Uh, Department. Station. Yeah. Fill in the blank. Yeah. On what that's called. Like there's problems and everyone knows them, but probably everyone doesn't talk about them. No, definitely not. Uh, and so what I, that's what I do when I come in. I'm like, well, let's talk about it. There you go. Yeah. Right. Hey, there's an elephant right here. <laughs> Why is no one saying it? Right. Right. Exactly. But they're like, we need help with their culture. We need help with our, we'll just start talking about the elephant and right. it, things will come out. Right. You know? Um, so that's the things that we try to do. Nice. I, I recently started utilizing a, I guess, I don't know if a euf- euphemism or a quote, but we are, we're humans by chance and we're firefighters by choice. Mm, so love it. Focusing on those wellness things, having those discussions, building up your your mental game, your physical game, like that's all going to, it's going to help you be a better human, which is going to make you better instantly at everything else you do. Yes. No doubt. No doubt. So you've got a thing called Mainer Leadership, a company, a a Mm -hmm. business. Yeah. Correct. Tell me about that, man. Yeah. So um, I was a teacher for about 10 years, special education teacher. Uh, I did uh, a year of elementary, like second through fifth grade, okay, and then dove into high school. Came back to my hometown uh, of Linden and taught there ten years for special education in high school. Nice. Uh, and then from there, in year nine, nine and a half, maybe. Um, really, the way I always tell the story is kind of the first bad thing that ever happened in my life happened, and I lost my grandpa. Mm. My grandpa was. Kind of like larger than life to me, patriarch of the family. It was my dad's dad, you know, incredibly religious and spiritual. And I mean, this dude taught me how to fish. This dude taught me how to hunt. I mean, I probably spent the night with my grandparents till I was like 12. Uh, right. I and probably that, still did after that. Like they <laughs> were very close with me. I know very close. Second dad, really. Uh, that was really the first thing that ever happened. Bad thing that ever happened in my life. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you. So I, I was super blessed. Sure. You know, yeah, it made that uh, long. Yeah. And that one kind of, that hit me like a ton of bricks, man. First time dealing with grief, uh, and tragedy, you know, and it wasn't even really tragedy cause it was, it was pretty expected. It was like 89. Sure. Right. You know, right. um, but going through that kind of started it, it planted the seed of like, huh, I wonder what that means, right? You know, it's just self-reflection, self-awareness. And then about 18 months later, I lost my dad and wow. he was, you know, I mean, take my grandpa and 10 exit. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was my dad in, sure. in terms of my life. You know, my mom and dad were together and married and until death did them part. And it was fully unexpected. Uh, like one night done, gone. 
And that was absolutely horrible. I immediately became the patriarch of my family. I was the oldest of three. Sure. And uh, everyone's kind of looking to me and I'm grieving like harder than (laughs) anyone could imagine. Like they almost had to call um, a medic for me at the funeral home. Mm. Like that's how bad it was. Uh, And I'll never forget it. I remember turning around at the funeral and seeing everybody and it was standing room only. And there were people outside looking in the windows, like just to pay their respects. And I was like, holy smokes. Like, this is the impact that he had. Sure. And he was a general supervisor of General Motors. Okay. But it was like, but the impact that he had on people was massive. Yeah. And I was like, how am I ever going to do this in a classroom? Right. Like, I I don't know how that's possible. Sure. You know what I I mean? And I mean, person after person coming up to me and and shaking my hand and people coming to our house afterwards, just saying, Hey, I just want to let you know how important your dad was to me and all that. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'm not playing a big enough game. Yeah. You know, like I I love the game that I was playing. I was super good at it, you know, making an impact, but it just wasn't a big enough game that I was playing. Sure. And it became more and more obvious and stronger and but the thing is, is I didn't know what game to go play. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I just kept telling my wife, I'm like, it's not here. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but I'm not supposed to be doing this anymore. Right. And it's just that feelings got stronger, stronger, stronger. So eventually I jumped, I jumped off the cliff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I remember sitting there with my principal and saying, you know, I, I'm not coming back for, oh, the, wow. for the next school year. He's like, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I mean. We're going to start a lawn business. We're going to start a construction <laughs> business. We're going to do a home inspection business. None of those worked out. Yeah. Right? None of them. Uh, so, Thankfully. I mean, there was, yeah, right. And there was many times that, I mean, I specifically remember sitting on my steps in my garage, my wife pregnant. Oh, so, my, my dad had knew that my wife was pregnant with our first, um, but never got to see her. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. The, very tough. Yeah. And I remember tying my boots, cold, muddy. I'm going to swing a hammer, mm-hmm. you know, for a buddy's, you know, dad, this work, you know, while I figure this out. Right. And I, you know, wanted to lead a construction business, all that. And I remember just like literally just crying going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I know it's not headed in the right direction. Right. And I remember she was just like, just keep working, keep trying. When she meant by working was like, keep listening, reading, interviewing these people. Cause I interviewed everyone I could think of that was doing anything I was interested in. And she's like, I believe in you. We're going to, you're going to figure this out. I'm like, Holy crap. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, (laughs) There's something to be said about having somebody that believes in you when you're at like your lowest point. Oh man. And she did. Cause I was down, man. I was down in the dumps for sure. Uh, thinking, what did I just do? Right, a little right, bit you know? of fortification keeping you up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so she was the one. She was the sacrifice. She made the biggest sacrifices when it comes to me and trying to search it out and figure out what I was going to do. Sure. But one thing led to another, and I started diving into to sports. I was like, all right, let's nice. go back to what I know. Right. Right. I know sports. I right. know athletes. And I was like, but the physical game is like, you know, it's it's easier to master. Sure, and there's sure. a bajillion physical trainers out there, okay. football specialists, stuff like that. And I was like, I'm more interested in this. Yeah. yeah. This that's where I seem to find, you know, my biggest attributes yeah. and the ways that I would help kids even in high school try to get to the next level in college. 
So we dove into that, right? Is athlete middle game coaching. It's still there today. You know, I'm still a part owner in that. And we work with, yeah. with athletes and with coaches and with teams working on their mental game. Perfect. You know, their confidence, their expectations, you know, just building that stronger, stronger, their teamwork. We even go into personalities and behavior and how to kind of build a team. Nice. And, uh, and all those pieces, which is just awesome. So kind of fast forward, that led to a couple of business people saying, hey, this thing you do with sports, like I was an athlete yeah. and like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm now a new business leader and some of those things could help me. Do you do that? Well, when you're early on in business, you say, yeah. absolutely, do we do that. Yeah, yeah I've been absolutely, there. Absolutely, <laughs> we do that. And then you go home to your wife and you're like, hey, we got to make a program for X, Y, Z. ASAP. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I just sold this idea. Um, and then, so, but that started to work out. It started to work out pretty good. And before you knew it, I started to dive into like, oh, this leadership thing. I've kind of like been a leader for a long time. Right. Yeah. That's and, what they call it. Yeah. And it's like, when I found out, I was like, I was leading these leaders and it was like, wow, this is going really well. They're sure. getting some good results. And then that led to the next thing of like, just business leadership. And really, cause I don't ever view it as business leadership. I right. view it as just leading humans. So like, it doesn't matter. Keep it basic. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's now kind of how I approach it. We come in, we unite a team, we build the leader and uh, it's really started to blossom. And now my wife's with me full time. Oh, fantastic. We just brought on a marketing director full time, which is cool. So we're just getting them on board. Sweet. And uh, I honestly so blessed. I'm living the American dream. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I'm be able to be here with hanging out with you guys on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. Great. Which is just awesome. Yeah. Getting used to the fireman schedule. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. That takes a minute too. When you've been a teacher for that long or you've worked a nine to five or whatever, right? you know, and you're like, it's Wednesday. And maybe I, sometimes I'll like, after we put the kids to bed, I'll work. Yeah. Maybe I worked until like midnight or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I don't really have anything next morning. Sure. I sleep in until the kids wake up. Yeah, and, right. You know, <laughs> I'm saying, breakfast. like, yeah, my first call is not till noon. It's like that, t- that took me, I bet you that took me two years. Yeah. Before I was like totally okay with that. There's something you know? to be said for like a lot of people struggle with that whole busy, uh, oh, yeah, productive man. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You got to be busy. You got to be busy. Yeah. You grew up, if that's how, like, that's kind of how our culture conditions for us sure. too for sure and it's it's like it's a myth yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's some it, of my best stuff happens when i'm doing nothing dude right? like it's Purposely. so true i call it fake busy somebody's like oh man i got all this stuff i gotta do today i'm like like what really are you gonna get yeah, done what? today the like list. yeah yeah like yeah. what's yeah. Like, like your priority list you know what i mean yeah. like don't don't yeah. give me all this stuff right right and, man, I, that honestly is one of the first things that i attack with a leader because be like, i got this 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 and this uh, so we'll give them some tools and i'll be like okay hold on there's a difference here. Yeah. You're a leader, not a manager. Right. Leaders lead people. Managers manage projects and tasks. Okay. So like that. which one are you? Because mm. if you're a manager, like then go over there and take a course management class. Yeah. You're not for me. Right. Right. You want to learn how to lead people, which in certain roles, that's what they should be doing. Yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, take that task list and we're going to delegate 90% of it. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to start going around where to lead people. Nice. Right. And that's, that's fun, man. Yeah. That's fun. And there's not enough of that. There, there's not enough of, you know, positions out there, roles out there that their job is to lead people. It's always like you got, you're responsible for X, Y, Z scope, project, task, whatever, fill in the blank. Yeah. yeah. But they're like, oh yeah. And you have a team. Right. It's like, whoa, we need to flop that. Yeah. You have this team of seven people. 
right? And those seven people, you are all responsible to complete X, Y, Z. Sure. Right. So we don't need to change that paradigm. And that's kind of one of the things I've set out to do. I like that. I like that. (laughs) So, yeah. So as far as business goes, you get approached by companies, I'm sure. Do you ever get approached by just individuals who might not be in the leadership position yet, but are looking to be there? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So what we do there is we we walk them through and talk about leadership potential. Okay. You know, like Mm, like uh, I have a client right now. He is... He was an RN and now he's working into being the director of RNs. Mm. So super new and kind of helped him in that promotion and things like that, getting started mm-hmm. and all those types of things. And we do the same thing. We do the same thing. You know, maybe we just don't have my beginning piece of getting the feedback right. from the team. Um, so we kind of alter how we do kind of that like operational readiness assessment kind of feedback survey type of thing. We call it a deep dive report. Nice. Uh, so that's kind of altered, but same concepts as far as what's the purpose of leadership or the mindsets of leadership or the actions that a leader should take yeah. all those types of things. Here's how to, here's how to build a team. Here's how to unite a team. That's here's cool. how to communicate. That's like always the problem. If I, if you were to say, <laughs> what is the biggest percentage of problems that I help solve communications? Number one, I believe it. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Number one, I see you both smirking. So you're probably like, oh, yeah, that's relevant. Yeah. So <laughs> it is. It really is. Have you done anything in the fire industry? No, not in the fire industry. No. So uh, I would say the closest thing to that is not very close, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> the tree, I would say the tree industry maybe would be the closest yeah. of like lots of levels. Right. I can see know? that. I, um, so when you started with sports, I mean, a, a lot of the guys were athletes. Some, mm-hmm retired college athletes, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we had this, it's more or less, it's a leadership position, but we're a team communication. We all have the same foundation and like building blocks of like a sports team. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it competitive? Very competitive, especially station versus station with station pride, sure. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, there's big voids in the fire industry with mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. teamwork, and just being like how well you work with people. Yeah, I'd say a good eighty percent of people are awesome. There's a good hard twenty percent that uh, just don't mesh well with others. Yeah, yeah it's weird. It, yeah, well, I tell you what, that's that's scary because oh. stats show that it only takes about three to five percent to alter culture. Mm. Right, like you think about, we had a hundred hundred person football team. Yeah. Sure, it only takes five people on that football team to change the culture for the good or the bad. Yeah. Okay. So like that, we yeah, can go good, both or, ways. good or bad. We go both ways. Oh. So like you're honing in on 5%. Gotcha. And it's like, you're like, if you're like two out of 10, I mean, uh-oh. Yeah. You Who's know? got the voice on the team? Exactly. Because usually those are the ones that are the loudest. Right. right? So they're heard the most. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, just like, I mean, they're fill acting in, out. Fill in the blank on politics, all the other stuff, yeah, right? All the that's other going factors. on in the world in general. But yeah, three to five percent alters culture. That's a crazy number. That's a lot lower than I thought. So yeah, but it makes sense. That's great because now, if you can just as a fire department, for instance, mm-hmm. get five guys who are the model of what you think a leader needs to be. Absolutely. And you start putting those dudes in the right spots, in front of the right people, in yeah. front of your recruits, in front of your cadets. Yeah. In front of maybe their peer peer trainers, they're training other people. Now, yeah. now you can effectively swim that culture another direction. Yeah. And, and you bring up a good point that you, you didn't even realize you, you, that you said 
Um, Because what you're explaining is you want them to observe these five good ones. Right. The models, right? And that right there is one of the two keys when it comes to leadership and building the team is perception. Like I can, you can become, you, let's say one to 10, you you go from a five communication to a nine communication. Mm, Okay. But I haven't experienced it. So I don't believe it. Right. Like what I haven't seen that. Yeah. So when it comes to building leaders, Mm -hmm. you need to look at skill, which is like a behavior, right. Or an action. And also the perception of that, Mm. right. Meaning the team needs to experience it and observe it. Otherwise it didn't happen. Sure. Right. Cause you don't get to define your leadership. Right. Like I'm a leadership guy. I don't get to define your leadership. Right. You're the people you lead do. Yeah. And that is probably one of the biggest things I am guessing with the way that the firefighter structure is, um, is people are defining them. You're a captain, you're a lieutenant, you're a chief. Well, who cares what your title is? Right. I mean, John Maxwell, that's a positional title. Right. Right. But are people following you because of your position or because of what you've done for them? Right. There you go. Right. That's the key. That's the key. Um, And I feel like anytime there's like these levels, I mean, it's, it's everywhere. It's in every industry, right? right? General foreman, uh, you know, um, maintenance supervisors, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right up and down the ladder. Yeah. It's like that, dude, the, the dog can wag the, the tail can wag the dog. Yep. For sure. Every single time. It's just a matter of like, how are you leading and are you working on the skill and the perception? You got to work on those in parallel. Perfect. Because if you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You w- wasted time, wasted energy. Right. You know? So, yeah. Dude. So that was bombs. a bit of a rant there. No, that, was, <laughs> that was what we would call priority traffic, everybody. Yeah. There's a lot of nuggets in there. Uh, go ahead and listen back to that portion. And uh, <laughs> we're going to catalog that in the archives. Of yes. Fantastic. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> right. So where did you play college sports? Yeah. So uh, I was high school at Linden High School. And Ooh. then I did yeah, four gross. years. <laughs> Fenton guy. Fenton guy. <laughs> we probably played against each other yeah, at one point. Maybe, man. Or he played yeah. against my brother. Yeah. Um, so I in high school for high school, and then I did four years at Eastern Michigan University, played football there, uh, and then transferred my last year of eligibility to Saginaw Valley State University. Nice. Uh, and then from there, you know how they say 15 minutes of fame? Yeah. I had like seven. Nice. <laughs> type of deal. Uh, so we got to play in some, you know, some all-star games and, cool. you know, nice. had, some cu- had some cups of coffee with some people that could change your life. Uh, it didn't pan out. They wanted me to go to Canada. They wanted me to go to Europe. Yeah. They wanted yeah, me yeah. to develop. Sure. Sure. When the sport turns into a business, it's less fun. Right. Like it's anything. Less, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of where that panned out. And I transferred to Saginaw Valley because my brother was playing there. Oh, sweet. So I was the center. He was a quarterback. Oh, oh nice. So it was dynamic uh, duo. That's pretty sweet. fun. That's so I was sweet. protecting blood. Yeah. So uh, you're like, you're working a little bit harder. I'm going to, I'm not going to sure. lie. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Also, if he screwed up, I was young a little bit louder. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, so that was, that was pretty fun. And I, I ended up getting more opportunities to play professionally uh, at Saginaw than I ever would have gotten at Eastern actually. Nice. Mm, so that's awesome. Yeah. So it was so pretty interesting. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. what, do, what do you think explains the opportunity shift from one school to the other? You know, that's a good question. Uh, I think it was the connections that were already built with the coaches. Okay. You know, I, I think the coaches play a big role in that recruiting piece, not recruiting from high school, but when pros are coming in, whatever connections that are already a little there. network job. Yeah. I think it was just a stronger network there. Cool. I think that's, I think that's about it, honestly. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And I was able to get some accolades in my last year at Saginaw Valley. Yeah. You know, that I don't think I would have got that opportunity in Eastern. Gotcha. But, uh, but yeah. Heck yeah, man. It was, it was fun. It was good times. 
lots yeah. to learn from the, I, there's a lot to be said for college athletes. Like I know high school athletes, there's like, Oh yeah. Glory days. Right. And we right. did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. I made the all team. Okay. Yeah, whatever. We go. But when you, when you level up and go to college, that's a very small percentage of people playing yeah. at a division one mm-hmm. school or division three. percent. Right. So super low. And there's, I just, there's so much to be garnished from that or garnered mm-hmm. from that experience. So that's pretty awesome that you got to do that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, I think one of the, one of the pre questions that you guys had was, yeah. what would you tell your younger self? Right. I would say have more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, regarding to regarding to just, just that process gotcha. of getting there. Yeah. You know, cause sure. I was so incredibly locked in. I mean, I played football, basketball, baseball, and power lifted in the winter during basketball season. Right. So, I mean, like there was, I mean, I probably go a handful of days a year that I like went home after school. Right. Yeah. Like that's it. Right. I mean, I would go into school early. I'd be lifting and running. Like it was like my life's mission to get that full ride. Nice. Right. To get that scholarship. You were beating the janitor to school and probably staying longer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, He's right. like, don't forget to Abs- lock up, absolutely. kid. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, they might as well gave me a key. Right. Exactly. Um, and, and a broom. And and that was great. And, you know, I achieved everything that I set out to achieve, which is awesome. Such a blessing, sure. you know, but I definitely missed some, some fun yeah. along the way. And, and it wasn't that anyone else was pressuring me. Right. It wasn't my coaches. wasn't my parents. You know, I mean, even my dad and my grandpa, like, like I was talking about earlier, like, all they said was, you know, just do it, do as good as you can. Right. If you're going to do it, do it right and put your heart into yeah, it. Yeah. There you go. You know, but like, I'm not saying you got to go get a full ride because I can't pay for college. Like that never came up. Right. Right. Now, it, the one thing you would say, he would say, you know, because I would say, just should I get a job? Right. Like right. the old J-O-B. Right. And he'd yeah. be like, no, your job is to get A's and play sports. Good nice. for him. That's right? cool. I'll, and he'd say, I'd take care of the rest. Good. Type That's pretty deal. awesome. Um, which is kind of funny now that I literally just say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've taken that persona on for my own kids. Yeah. I mean, it's literally in the moment thinking, nice. Hey, thinking like I'm building the legacy so that my great kids, grandkids, because let's face it, like three generations below you, probably no one will remember you. Right. Right. Which yeah. kind of sucks. Most especially likely, a yeah. guy that's like, I love legacy yeah. right? because of my grandpa, my dad and me. So like my great grandkids, that's probably the furthest. Yeah. So if I can do something, yeah. if I can build something, that they benefit from right then more it. importantly that they can stand on the shoulders of right mm-hmm. and make even better and impact more people oh man that's hey that's how you that change the world the bro best, man i mean that's what that's what gets me up that's what keeps me going yeah it's passing you know, the torch no you know? doubt yeah no doubt foundational to, the, to the nth degree but uh yeah i mean going back to to, to the sports I, looking back i'm always like man that was really fun mm. and i will say at Saginaw valley i had the most fun yeah. that I've ever had playing football. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it was. You know, maybe it was from going D1 to D2. Sure. And I just, I just had so much fun. Yeah. Sag know? nasty, man. I just, yeah. I just heard, you know, I got back to just doing what I love and found out, Hey, I was better at it when I just loved it. You know? Yeah, right. Um, you know, I had not so great a leadership at Eastern Michigan, uh, but also learned a lot of cool things from that. Right. And was able to kind of take that, and turn it into a positive Saginaw Valley. And I mean, like I stepped on, like I was like captain, like day two. Sure. Type nice. of a deal, which was fun. So yeah. you, you got the, you got the adversity of Eastern that, yeah. that probably chiseled you into a harder fella. And then you step onto Saginaw Valley and, and I don't know the, the change in like structure from 
yeah. human size right. from Eastern to Saginaw Valley, but likely yeah. you were a little bit bigger, a little bit quicker yes. than, yeah. than some of those guys. Yeah. Funny you talk about size. So when I graduated high school, I was 225 pounds. Nice. Okay. When I graduated college, I was 327 pounds. Woo! Okay. What? Yes. That's 102 pounds. Record scratch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like seriously. Uh, so you talk about adversity. One of the things I had to do as soon as, as soon as I signed, they switched coaches. Oh, and this oh no. was before all of those new rules that have been in place now. Yeah. So I had to stick with my commitment. Right. And they switched me from a tight end, a linebacker to a center. Oh, so and they were like packed pounds on buddy. Yeah. Right. And there was many times, like I had to gain a pound a week and if I didn't, I would have Dawn patrol. Okay. Which was mean? Dawn patrol means a half gallon of chocolate milk. <laughs> Okay, and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Hey, okay? and so the, I'm about it, dude. Right? <laughs> that sounds awesome. It sounds good. Yeah, maybe and the first day, dude, maybe I'm, the second day. I'm telling you what, though, is awful. A weekend, get some I'm good done. chocolate milk. Awful, oh. man. Awful. I mean, I used to. Oh my god! We talk about mental health and, and stuff like, I, I, dude. I used to eat star star those star crunches, you know. Yeah. Which no one should ever eat. No, yeah. <laughs> I used to eat two of them with peanut butter in the middle. Whoa. Oh my gosh. I mean, like you start to, and here's the thing is I didn't have any support on how to gain weight. Right. It was just like eat. Right. You had one yeah. goal. Right? Gain weight. Do it. So that's where I learned to have a sugar addiction. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure. That I still fight to this day in full transparency yeah. and all because of that, you know, honestly, yeah. lower back problems. I mean, it was, it was, it was, bro. There was definitely some adversity there. Definitely yeah, hardened absolutely. me a bit. Yeah. You know, um, many times I'm, there was a little tiny Chinese restaurant right next to my apartment. <laughs> And uh, I remember my dad is Ypsilanti. So, yeah, you know, yep. my dad would come and visit me every now and then. He'd watch a, watch a practice or something. And sure. I mean, I remember many times tears rolling down my eyes talking to my dad at that Chinese restaurant like that. I don't want to, I want to quit. Right. I like you're shoving this egg rolls this in. This isn't yeah. for me. This is what I signed on for. <laughs> and he would just stone cold. It probably was killing him inside. Right. Like now knowing that I'm a dad and like feeling it, that. It definitely yeah. was. Probably killing him inside to be like, sure. You can quit and start working. I'd be like, well, that sounds awful. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah. Take for the deal. star crunches. So he yeah. was always there to like, you know, encourage me, but not like a fluffy encourage. Like a, I, I always responded well to tough love. Yeah. You know, and he was really good at that. Yeah, that's good. So, but, nice. but yeah, man, definitely some adversity. So yeah. you can easily see when I went to Saginaw, it was like, man, this is fun. Yeah. Right? And yeah. football's fun again. Yeah. Back to a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. there's something to be said about having joy in what you're doing and and to have to do it over and over without any kind of joy, like in return, that just grinds you a little bit. Absolutely. Makes you callous. So you, you've mentioned your dad quite a few times. I just want to ask, what is one thing that you find that you do? You're like, Oh man, that's my dad coming out that you absolutely are proud of. And you love consistency and reliability. Nice. Yeah. That was I not that, a stage question. Nope. Yeah. That was good. I have that teed up. Yeah. Uh, and here's what I mean by that is you're going to get the same exact. I'll talk about my dad first. You're going you're to get the same exact person every single day of the week. Uh, and he would, if you needed him and you mm-hmm. called, he answered mm-hmm. and he would be there. Uh, especially for the people that he loved the most in his family. Nice. Like I was giving kind of the example before of like you do sports and get A's. Mm-hmm. I got the rest. Right. That's exactly how I am. You're going to get the same Desi day in and day out, whether I feel like crap, whether I feel great. And like, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there on time. 
And like, I'm going to be there if you need me. Right. Like I always lead with like, how can I help? Yeah, sure. Type of deal. Like, Hey, I, when I say, call me, if you need me, I mean it. Yeah. You know, and that's, I get those two things. And to me, and it even trickled over to football of like the people that are the best in sports are the sit you get, you know, exactly what to expect out of them from beginning of the game to the end of the game. Cause I, I know what I can get. And as a coach, I would always take that over the highs and the lows. Yeah, sure. The sure. emotional ups and the downs. Right. And I threw seven interceptions today, but I threw seven touchdowns yesterday. I was like, no, yeah. I want the guy who throws two touchdowns every day right? and one interception. Cause yeah. I know I can work with that. I can incrementally make that better and better. Right. Right. You know? So the, yeah, it sounded like a teed up question. It sure did. Definitely was not a teed up question <laughs> um, for whoever's listening or watching, but yeah. And I, I pride myself on those things. I believe those two things are some of the most important attributes of a leader. That's consistency and reliability, but you can be consistently and reliably bad too. Right. You know, we see it every day. Um, Hey, at least you know who to play. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You can choose from the roster, no doubt. But, but yeah, so those would be the things that I get most from my dad who got from his dad. Sure. And you know, so that kind of, passes down that's awesome we can really see that in you yeah, yeah. it's, it's oh, i appreciate that it's pretty cool you always see me smile you talk yeah. when i talk about my grandpa and my dad <laughs> yeah that's awesome they they built me yeah. for sure well, along good. with my saint of a mother who dealt with all of us <laughs> along yeah. the way three of you yeah or, yeah essentially in, me and in, my brother are similar my sister is uh more of that saint type yeah okay you know yeah for sure <laughs> Oh man. So in the fire service, we kind of run into that too, where there's a lot of pervasive negativity mm-hmm. and, and we don't get to pick who's in that day. Right. Mm, like yeah. some days people, the same dude comes in, not very consistent. Yep. Right. They're a little upset. Maybe they're a little down, not really sure. But I think what you, you kind of touched on is trying to level out that consistency mm-hmm. might help firemen just have a little bit closer to baseline receptivity to to what happens because we we get all these emergencies we don't yeah and, and if you're up or down that emergency yeah. is going to like catastrophize everything in mm-hmm. in your head or or you'll respond well to it but yeah we just need you to throw two touchdowns and one interception and just keep doing that yeah yeah right yeah i think that a big key there is awareness sure um i think that so many of us out there are like yeah i got that yeah. i know who i am uh, no you don't <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know who I was until I lost the two most important people in my life. I mean, it's always weird to say, but like, I wouldn't be here right now. If my dad was still alive, yeah. I would, man leadership wouldn't exist. Right. If You'd my, be a teacher. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. No, I would I'd be a teacher and a coach, right. you know, and not living my true purpose. But I think awareness and emotional awareness are so incredibly important because, I mean, I do personalities, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a human behavior. And uh, like we have a simple like kind of quadrant XY type of thing. It's always like, am I okay? And are you okay? Yeah. Am I okay? Are you not okay? I'm not okay. You're not okay. You want to operate in the I'm okay. You're okay. Yeah. Because if I'm being an absolute jerk and I know that you're not okay, but I'm fine with it. Yeah. That's not good. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we have not, some issues there. That's, that's yeah. not good. Right. Um, meaning that means I'm not self-aware. Right. You know, and I think even when it comes to consistency, it's because of that unawareness. That's a word. Teacher quotes. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I still got that. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're still good. The teacher quotes. Unawareness. Yeah. The unawareness, the lack of awareness. Sure. They, they don't know that they're even doing it. Right. So one of the best things that we've put in place is we will ask the people around them 
Mm. You know, so how if does I'm that like, go? It, it, well, I always say like, kind of like the, the punchline is like, if you want to know how you're doing, ask the people around you. Ah, yes. Yeah. They know you best. You got to work with you day in and They day will out. know. They will tell you the yeah. truth. You know, those Maybe. types of people. Uh, well, hopefully. we do it anonymously. So that oh, kind of enhances helps. the truth a bit. Yeah. Nice. Um, and yeah, like if you don't attack that, mm-hmm. the resentment is just going to grow. Absolutely. It, it's just, it's the ugly truth of it. Like sure. if you, like you can help that person with content you can help them with lots of stuff, but like you have to, if they don't want to, they're not going to. Right. So you have to do something that kind of jars them a bit. Right. Otherwise they're not going to switch that desire of wanting to change or make an improvement. Mm, absolutely. And you know, that's a bummer. Yeah. That, and how many, how often do you run in these leaders that uh, ask for help and you realize that like they see themselves in a leadership role mm-hmm but maybe they're really dropping the ball. And like the people that are sure. are working for him or surround themselves around this person every single day are just like, he needs help. But the yeah. other guy thinks he's like top tier. So every now and then we'll get one that I call it's irreconcilable. Okay. Right. And that kind of report that I was talking about that asking that goes questions that, uh, that I do with individuals and teams and kind of exactly like you're explaining is my check to be like, are they willing to and want to? Right. Because a lot of the questions I ask there, you know, are, is this person willing to ask for help? Yeah. Is this person willing to listen to what is told to them and make changes? Mm-hmm. You know? And if those are all like super negative, it's like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask that question. Yeah. Cause I'm being paid to ask that question. Right. right. And I, and like, I love this. Like even when I'm brought in to fire somebody, sure. I truly believe that is the best for them. So it's like, if I don't, I am leaving something on the table right, for them. Like, and I truly believe that like, yeah, I'm getting paid, but I wouldn't be able to do it unless I believed in it. Yeah. Um, so that's where I go with it. Cause gotcha. I attacked it. I'm like, look, I say, look, here's all the awesome stuff. Right. And then here's all the bad things that people are saying about you. Right. Yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. You did that. Just clear reflection. What do you want sure. to do with it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there has been, I can think of two. Okay. You know, over five years. So that's pretty uncommon to come across. Yeah, because usually they're already if they're already irreconcilable, they're probably on the verge of being fired anyway. Okay. Or not asking for help. Yeah. Or they're a narcissist. Yeah. You know? And like, yeah, I don't need help. It's like, sure, you'll call me when you do. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's uh, you know, call me when you're looking Um, for a new job. That probably sounded super cocky, but (laughs) no, no, I mean it's true, man. We see it. You know, see it. We get phone calls when people need us too. Yeah. So it's legit. It happens. There you go. And it typically it's when there's a fire, right? uh Right. Like when shit's on fire, and I mean this in like proverbial, like in your life, like you got a section, let's just say, of wellness Mm -hmm. that is just causing a fire under your ass and you just keep ignoring that shit. It is you can't move past it. No. You can't just go excel and, and become a high performance firefighter when you're avoiding like sleep, physical, mental, emotional wellness uh, no, stuff. There's no way. Yeah. And that's, you, you mentioned that people don't tend to shift before mm-hmm. until something dramatic happens. And, and in the fire service, a lot of that is the way that our change occurs. It's, it's all retroactive. It's all yeah. reactive, like something X happened. So now we need to focus on mental wellness. Well, mm-hmm. it, unfortunately it's like, well, we need to focus on mental, like wellness before that crap even happens. Right. Like, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Dude, yeah. We say that all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't really say that, but that is exactly what we're trying to, to preach. And we're yeah. screaming that over in the corner. Just, Hey, wellness. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. The reactive piece. Like it, 
Because, I mean, that reactive piece, the bad thing could be really bad. It could yeah. be real bad. And it could be real bad for one person. it could be self-imposed yeah. really bad. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, I, usually when we can get that kind of thing from the people around them, that's enough mm-hmm. to make them go, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You guys knew too, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yep, there's, there's never any secrets. Like yeah. everyone knows if you're struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. It and manifests so and shows itself. Up that's the goal. The that's, time. that's the goal that that can get them before it just starts getting worse. Cause there's a point, there's usually a point of almost no return. Sure. Right. You know, when they're yeah. just going down a black hole. And then that's the awareness, awareness pieces. If you can get more people aware of symptoms, signs, behaviors that yeah. we can, and again, this is something that I think it's probably nothing I would push on a first day rookie, uh, but a probationary firefighter, they need to be very well understanding of behavioral like wellness oh, and, yeah. and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we're firemen, we're medical professionals. Yeah. yeah. We should be very, very well versed in the importance of mm-hmm. sleep just yeah. as an example. Yeah. Like if you, sleep, fitness and Another one things. thing, like when I first entered in, like a fun thing to do is to drink with the guys, you know, mm-hmm. and like there's to a point, there's nothing wrong with it, but some people just turn into a habit. And yeah. once you get that habit, man, it's hard to break the habit. I've seen people get turned upside down by that habit. Absolutely. Marriages, life, finances, anything, you know, yeah. and that just becomes like their new baseline of coping with everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then after that, it gets exceeded. They'd have to drink more to cope with the worst things. Right. And that ugly statement of status quo. <laughs> Right. right. And that's, that's the way how we always, always done, done it. Oh, oh, I hate that. Yep. Right. That's a red flag but, to me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things too, that is a stigma in business. And I mean, really every industry sure. is the concept of help. Like ask for help. Yeah. It's like, you don't need to know everything. Right. I mean, the, if you think back and everyone watching and listening, the person that you followed the strongest, the best leader in your life, Right. Most likely they were willing at some point to be like, you know, I don't know that, but we're going to figure it out together. Right. Sure. Or I'm going to find that out for you. You know, like you don't have to be the guru on the mountain. You got to be the guide on the side. Yeah. The guru on the mountain is, you know, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right. There's one of him. One. One. Right. One. one. Yeah. And, you know, all the other ones, your, I mean, your best leaders are, you know, the Tim Duncans. Right. Type of type of people uh, reading a great book called Captain's Class by Captain's Sam Walker. Class. Okay, and he raised the researches. I think it's thirteen of the greatest sports dynasties ever in any sport. Mm. Right, and he like he puts some requirements on what's a team and things like that. Yeah, but all of them, like none of them, were the guru on the mountain. They're always the guide on the side, and the thing that they were really good at controlling their emotions, mm. inc- impeccable emotional control. Yeah. And like never that consistency. Yeah. Like yeah, think like ice in their veins with, you know, in the fourth quarter type of deal, you know? Mm. And, and I think that, you know, they were all willing to figure it out together. Yeah. And like, that is the leader, yeah. the leader that's like, how can I help versus here's what to do? Sure. That's a massive difference. You know, that's, that's servant leadership instead of go do X, Y, Z. Right. You know, instead of coming like, the people in the trenches know best. Right. Absolutely. Right? And I was saying the trenches because I was a, you know, offensive lineman. Right. Right. So I had my face in the <laughs> but, dirt while they were yeah. celebrating the end zone. Yeah. Um, but like the people in the trenches know best. They're the ones doing the work. They're the ones making everything happen. Yeah. 
So <laughs> if whoever the leader is, the boss, the chief, whoever, if they're coming and saying do X, Y, and Z, and it's like, well, when's the last time that you ran into a fire? Right. Yeah. Right. Or when, and replace fire with a business problem, uh, X, Y, Z. When's yeah, that time you dealt with clients, yeah. customers, whatever, right? Like you haven't been on the floor in how many years? <laughs> yeah. Right. And you're telling us how, how about you say, hey, how can I help? Yeah. Right. Hey, give need? me what's going on and how can I help? Yeah. Right. You're going to get a lot further, a lot faster. I'm sure. Because those are the people that make it happen. Yeah. Without them, nothing happens. Right. You're just like, you're just like this guy screaming on a mountain. Yeah. Right. And that's <laughs> called a psycho. That is psycho. <laughs> that's very but how psycho. many of those do we have out there? A ton. A ton. A ton. Huh? You know? Yeah. We see that a lot in the fire service too. Like, we call ourselves frontline responders or first responders. Like yeah. we are at the cutting edge of chaos every single day. Mm-hmm. And I, and I use the term chaos moderately loosely, but basically uncontrolled yeah. stuff. Yeah. Chances are there's a fire somewhere or somebody's on the verge of dying. Yeah. We are the frontline. We are yeah. in the trenches day in and day out. And again, not to harp on the wellness thing, but to harp on the wellness thing. It's like, y'all, we need leaders who are, are pushing wellness back down our throats right. for our own good. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. don't talk about it nearly enough. And those leaders need to have the courage to say, um, hey, I struggled with X, Y, Z. Sure. I bet you do too. Right. You know, because like every time you're not the only one in the room. I always, every Never. workshop and training that I do, somebody will say a big word or something and I'll go. Can I be the idiot in the room? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. And usually you see people's eyes kind of go. Yeah. 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 What tell me, you know, but yeah, I agree with them. <laughs> I mean, just, literally just yeah, yesterday, yesterday, I was like, I'll be the idiot in the room today. Yeah. Right. Like what is culture? Right. And I'm like, I, what does that mean? Yeah. Community. And I'm like, what does that mean? Right. Yeah, right? And I'm just like, literally, what does that mean? What does right, that mean? Yeah. But like, be the person that's willing to be like, Hey, you know, I struggled with weight. Sure. I gained a hundred pounds in college. I struggled with weight. I got addicted to sugar. Yeah. You know? So, Hey, I bet you somebody else is like that here. Yeah. You know, talk to let's talk about it. Yeah. And addictions. I mean, that's, you can talk about those without this specific topic. Oh yeah. Being brought up. Right. right? For sure. And just, just problems like, Hey, tragedy, grief, you know, uh, (laughs) egotism, like all All these things, you know, that, or just sometimes you gotta have the courage to go first to be the to be the first in the fire. No pun intended. Sure, right. sure. Um, because if not, like they're not gonna be willing to. Yeah, you know. Um, so I think that's the best way to lead that situation. Right. Is, Take that first step. Yeah, transparency. Right. Vulnerability. Hey, I'm your leader, but like I'm not perfect. Right. I'm just a human. Yeah. Right. That's it. I mean, from the top of the top. Yeah. You know, and that's just like we talked the other day, beginner's mind, like approaching stuff with an open receptive mind to i don't know all the answers here oh yeah because nothing is ever going to be the same yeah right? yep. except for one plus one but one of the things yeah. that we talk about communication one of the things that i've learned is that <laughs> the higher you go the more people listen and the less that you even have to mm. so if you can change that because that's not right that's not good right because yeah. right? you now you're, you don't have your ear to the tracks you don't know what's going on right so one way to change that is speak as if you were right listen as if you were wrong like, listen as if you have the, like, you're talking to me, you have the golden nugget to life. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what right. is it? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Type of a deal. Or like maybe that. what I said was wrong and you're talking, correcting me. Right. So like, listen as if you were wrong. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. And yeah. leaders do too much talking and not enough asking. Sure. Ask more questions. 
better questions, yeah. better. It's like better I'm answers. a huge fan of Socratic leadership, yep. yeah. which is like, hey, how are you doing? Where are you going? Where are we going? What do you need? What can I help with? Yeah. And just ask those questions before you know it. You're like, I know exactly where we need to go now. You know, and then when you can, you say one thing, and it's the one thing that's going to matter the most. Right. Because you understand instead of like, here's what we need to do. It's like, well, well, you don't even know what's going on. Right. I haven't even seen you in a month. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> here's what we're going to do. What? No, yeah. no, no one's going to believe you. Right. Or follow you. Yeah. Let's talk about this. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let's so. take a step back. So Socratic leadership. Could you explain that real quick? Yeah. So it's leading with questions. Okay. Right. It's best in a one-on-one scenario, okay. but you can also do it in a small group scenario. Um, you know, where are we going? Where are you going? Um, where, what's missing? What, uh, how can I help you better? Okay. Um, Curiosity. where could you offer more for the department? Mm-hmm. Uh, just literally questions, Cool. Okay. you know, about everything. Hey, yeah. Where could we become better communicators? Where are we? And I always like to 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 f- kind of lo- look forward instead of like where did we suck? Where did we suck? Yeah. Versus sure. how can we get better? Yeah. Looking ahead, always less um, attacking to the person. Yeah. Right. Like I always say, even when we do systems, like you want to create impersonable systems. So you, when something goes wrong, you can attack the system, not the person. Right. Um, sure. And that's just, just healthier. Yeah. Right? yeah it's just yeah. healthier. Yeah. So that's what I mean by Socratic. And I, like and I always like to look forward okay. in that, you know, cause I mean, you know, now we got, you know, we got young millennials and Gen Zers coming off. They need to be heard. Right. Yeah. So you got to give them that opportunity to be heard. Mm-hmm. And also it's the best way to find out information about your people. Oh yeah. And bet. about your company, your department, whatever. Yeah. And because you know which way to steer it then. Okay. You know? So, so to add on to that, you talk about looking forward, like what is your take and how, how do you value or perceive Vision, vision. I think all of it. Vision is a two part. It's a head and the heart. Sure. Yeah. Right. The head, like, it's got to be tactical, functional. Like, here's what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. The plan doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be one, two, three, ABC. But I think like a three step plan. Right. It's like Donald Miller talks about a three step plan and building a story brand. It's absolutely amazing. What what book is that? Building a story brand. Okay. Like, give people a three step plan because they're not gonna remember four. Right. Right. Yep. And, but three is like, okay. Right. So it's like, Hey, if you're going to do leadership coaching with Desi, we're going to get a deep dive report. We're going to create an action plan and they're going to be coached and transform. Okay. Beautiful. You were like, Oh, right. It's like, I didn't really give you a whole lot there. Right. But I did give you a you bit goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I gave you a bit. So I think vision, when it comes to the head, you give them a three-step plan. Okay. Right. And then you answer why you there have you to answer why, because the, Every time anyone is casting a vision to us, mm-hmm. what are we asking ourselves? We're saying, how, what's in it for me? Yeah. Right. You got to answer that question for yeah. them. Yeah. And if you do that well and articulate it, oh man, you'll get crazy good buy-in. Right. Right. And then the heart, now you got to dig into your, to your why, to your passion, sure. to your purpose. Um, you know, for like an orthodontist, like we, everyone deserves a smile. They can be confident. In it. Mm-hmm. Right. Every, for me, everyone deserves the opportunity to be fulfilled and achieved. Mm. Right. And it's like, well, cause most people have to pick and I'm going to say, screw that. Sure. You know what I mean, Let's, we can do both, right. We can get you in the perfect sweet spot of your pain, your passion and your proficiency Yes, type of a deal. So, and that's where it's like, you see, like I even did it right there. Yeah, you did like the head and the heart. You got to have both of those pieces. Like okay. they've got, like, you know, you've hit the heart. When you've got people with tears rolling down their eyes. Sure. Yeah. With your, right. with your tears rolling down your eyes. 
um, when you start to talk about it, now, you know, you're headed somewhere when it comes to the heart. Yeah. Right. So that's what a vision head and heart, the three-step plan, and then get behind the why, the purpose, get vulnerable yeah. in the heart piece. Uh, and that's how you're going to create the most followership, the most buy-in. That's, that's how you're going to get people to run through a brick wall for you. Perfect. Yeah. You know, that's powerful stuff. That is. So that is heavy. It has only taken five years to get to that clarity of vision, yeah, <laughs> nice. you know, um, and then, but another 15 years, I'll be an overnight success. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. As far as everybody else knows. <laughs> right. Man, yeah. this guy came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, sure. Right. Whatever. Whatever you think. <laughs> yep. I say five years iceberg. is actually pretty fast, you know, or having yeah. that kind of structure. Honestly, it was super blessed on that, man. Yeah. Just it, sheer grit. Honestly. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, Angela Duckworth wrote a book called grit. Yeah. The passion and perseverance. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's the perfect definition for how I've gotten even to this little bit that I am right now. That's awesome. It's just sheer grit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Man, like, yeah, I love it. You know, I'm unwilling to quit. Yeah. You know, there's something um, to be said about that. You so, know, yeah. Get, Scarily so. Right. More than once. Yeah. You know? Knock down seven times, get up eight. We say that a ton. And uh, it's true in every different facet of yeah. life. Yeah. Dude, there's no doubt about it. So when you get up, you got a goal. You got goals. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You, I bet you got goals. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, in full transparency, I want to build an eight figure company that doesn't sacrifice my health or my family. Let's go. Yeah. That leaves a legacy for my great, great grandkids. Generational wealth and something to, to yes. work from. Generational wealth and the opportunity to impact as many lives. I, I want more people than my dad had yeah. at his funeral. Right? So, <laughs> which I'm still confused. Sure. With him. Yeah. He also has killed <laughs> a bigger deer than me still. Well, yeah. Take I that. still have to beat him in that. What size? He was, uh, it was a white tail from, uh, Iowa. He scored 141. Oh. Iowa's not fair. And I haven't <laughs> beat that. So a cool story with that. Yeah. We have me, my brother and my dad have killed four white tails of that same caliber. Yeah. All within probably 500 yards of each other on this little small oh, wow. public chunk in, honey hole, in huh? Iowa. Yeah. 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 Been going there for a while. Where is That's it? Where it, yeah. In, in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. South central Iowa. Yeah. It's somewhere. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The US, you know, you ever see that little meme on Facebook? Yeah. You go two miles South, you turn left and there's a guy named Hank. He'll take you to the East and then no, no, go back West, go a mile South. And there's the fishing hole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, good luck. Yeah. yeah. Good luck. Exactly. <laughs> I got a good buddy. He's a big musky fisherman and uh, he thought he was keeping his stuff real secret. Secret. Now, when he's posting his pictures, he blurs out the background. I'm like, oh, you're yeah. not fooling anybody, bro. Yeah. Like, we yeah. know where you live. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Down. You know, and, and I think with that goal comes how many people can we impact? Yeah. You know, I, sometimes I like to think of myself as an advocate for the trenches. Yeah. That's you know, like those people that, you know, they don't want to be the, the crazy entrepreneur or the leader. Like they just want to go and they want to do their thing and then they want to go home with their family. Right. And that's awesome. And I think those people deserve to be happy yeah. and to be fulfilled and to not be yelled at and screamed at and unrealistic expectations. Like sometimes I see myself as kind of like the Batman of those people. Right. Sure. Like those people need to be led well. Yeah. Because without them, our dreams don't happen. Right. Right. So I think sometimes that's, that, that becomes really important to me. Like, yeah. I know I'm a leadership coach, but one, that's one of the things that I believe and to keep people and to force them into positions that is not a mixture of their pain, passion, proficiency, sweet spot. Like they don't like doing it. Get them out of there. Right. Right. People, right chair. Yeah. Get, get them on the, the right bus yep, in general. Yep. yep. And like, you will have much happier people, which are much more engaged people. hundred percent. Which 
leads to employee retention, yeah. right? Which leads to better productivity. And like, you see where this goes? Yeah. yeah. Money right? saving. Hey. Exactly. And, and happier people, which means you have better families, which means you have better communities. Like it, it's pretty good trickle, call it the trickle effect of yeah. leadership. Yeah. And, you know, I think, so that's my goal is to, is to be a member at dropping, you know, dropping a stick in that pond. Dude, that is, so. I mean, I couldn't find a better way to say it. And that really parallels our mission here is, is to help people mm-hmm. become the best version of themselves, best human yeah. version, yeah. and then set them free to, to, to change the world. Yeah, and, and, and I think we all could agree that it starts with wellness mm-hmm. and in the fire service specifically, the sooner you can get started on your wellness closer to your higher end date yeah. and, and start learning and getting that knowledge and upping your awareness as the importance of wellness goes, mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to change your life, but you're going to do better for everybody around you. Oh, you're going to yeah. change the life of the people around you for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I got a question for you. I mean, talking, you teach and preach leadership. Like mm-hmm. that's what you do. That's your profession. Yeah. And clearly you're professionally you know all about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you took this transition from being a, uh, a teacher, which, mm-hmm. so you're doing, you know, like curriculums and you're planning that out mm-hmm. all summer long. I guess I don't really know the ins and outs of that, but you, there's gotta be some planning behind it. Yeah. But now you two, this business professional, you work with your wife, you just brought on another person, you take care of these clients. Mm-hmm. How do you keep focused? How do you arrange your days? Like what, yeah. what is this? Is it just in your mind? You have a whiteboard? Like what do you do? Because yeah. I, I mean, got lots of whiteboards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two of them in my office. Nice. It's not that big of an office. Yeah. <laughs> um, one whole wall is, okay. is a whiteboard and lots of organization. I think some of the pieces that I learned as a teacher mm-hmm. helped me stay very organized. Gotcha. Like I run a, a very tight schedule. Okay. You know, this is like my, this is my third thing of the day. And this started at 10 AM. Nice. Right? I know. And I have three more things today and I'll still be able to be completely free by the time my three and five year old are home by 4 PM. Beautiful. Right. So the, I, I keep those priorities in place. Like yeah. Saturday and Sunday are Three and a half out of four times family. Nice. Right. And most of the time Friday is always internal. Mm-hmm. Like I do like my marketing. I work on all of my, my, my client, my internal client work mm-hmm. on that day. And then like I run a tight ship. I only go from usually nine to about three 30. Okay. I will crank during that nine to three 30. Yeah. Right. Which is exactly how I used to do teaching. Right. That sure. makes sense. Like I, I wasn't the person that you know, got there super early or stayed super late or brought a bunch of work home. No, no, man, I was not, I was, when I was there, I'm working. Yeah. Right. I'm doing my thing. And yeah, I mean, it gets a little bit more complicated when you got to drive places, you got to zoom here, you got a training there. Yesterday I had two trainings. One uh, was at a church. Yeah. Another one was with a tree company up in the thumb. Oh, wow. Right. So like while I was driving for, two hours yesterday, I made like 17 phone calls, <laughs> listened to a half hour of a book. There you go. Like, so I, I'm, I, I'm naturally productive. Right. Yep. And those are just some of the ways that I, that I kind of hack that system. Right. But I mean, it, there's, there's no doubt early stages of business. It's organized chaos. Yeah. What I time mean, do you wake up? You know, it depends on whether I work out in the morning or the afternoon, but okay. before six, okay. before six, nice. you know, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's six 30, right. you know, but before six, usually nice. that's when, that's when my brain wakes me up. Yep. I have an occasion. My, sometimes my brain calls a meeting in the middle of the night. Yeah. I have forced to attend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I know I, 
can't stand it. And my, my, one of my offices is right in my other bedroom. Okay. Um, so I, I can go in there and whiteboard whenever I want. Ooh, you know? That's dangerous. It is. It's very dangerous, you know? Um, so those are just some of the things, but okay. I absolutely like developing curriculum, like you were saying, running a tight ship and scheduling and organizing and the tools that we use, like those all in, perfectly transferred over nice. into how I run business okay. and how my wife runs all of our operations and things like, like, I mean, most, I mean, I show up and blow up most of the time. Yeah. Like that's right. like, I'll, <laughs> that's walk, in, I'll walk in and be like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Type of a deal. And she's already got, I mean, yesterday, I mean, she had two bends perfectly people's names on the full. I mean, perfect. Right. And I'm like, what is it? Which training is this? It's disc one. All right, cool. Let's roll. Yeah. Like I'm ready. I've already nice. done it 50 times. Right. Let's go. Yeah. You know, like so said, that's your job. Yeah. And knowing our strengths, yep. she's really good at that. She's that C personality. She's really organized, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm more that DEI personality, fast paced, loves to be on camera and talk to people, connect yeah. with people and teach. Yeah. So those are just some of the ways that answer the that question a little bit. That's a good way to answer the question. Oh, so yeah. 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 Organization for the oh, win. Oh my gosh. Right. It's key. Yeah. Which is funny because I'm a lot less organized now. Than I was when I was a teacher. So like you think my desk yeah. was perfect right. as a teacher. Now it is not. Um. Actually, I have a dump table <laughs> yeah. behind my desk. And like every couple of days, my wife comes in and cleans it up. Because <laughs> she's the organizer. Because sure. I just got to go from thing to thing. Right. You know, um, so it's kind of, it's honestly a, little, a bit frustrating. Yeah. Because, but I just have to, I have to reprioritize. Like my priority is people. Right. Right. So I have to keep the first thing, the first thing. Yeah. But right. No yeah. Doubt. There's no doubt sometimes you get down to seven hours of conversations, like tough conversations or deep conversations. And then your wife and your kids want to have deep conversations. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Dude, for real. Like, Honey, can we talk about something, you know, deep? And it's like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Right. You know, so you always got to make sure there's a little bit left in the tank. Yeah. I'll give you know? the last 7% I got. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And like, and my goal is to build something that they get the first percentage you know my goal is to create something that doesn't require all of my time and my dollars for hours type of thing right sure um so that they get the first part of me i would love in five years that i take my kids to school i pick my kids up that's beautiful right and then i work in the meantime sounds like a fantastic goal like what six hours a day right that'd be great that'd be perfect and i say that would be that will be it will be eventually that will be let's manifest that right now um but yeah dude Well, this has been a freaking phenomenal conversation on leadership. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say? Maybe you've recommended, I think, three books already. So we're going to get those in. But you did uh, in the pre-interview, you mentioned Relentless. And you're the second person to bring this book up. But I just want your oh, take yeah. on it. Yeah. So Relentless by Tim Grover. Uh, a lot of it is about Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. Yep. Uh, and for me, the way I viewed it, obviously, I resonated with it because it's a sports book. Right. Right. And Michael Jordan was the, the, the tip of the sword. Right. Um, Jordan's better than LeBron just for any of you. <laughs> just to get that clear. Yeah. Gen Zers who thinks LeBron's good. Um, <laughs> I don't even follow basketball. I like, agree. Right? Which is funny. Cause I was all state basketball player. Nice. Um, re- the way I saw it was kind of that mixture of perseverance and grit. Okay. You know, of the way that I view business and entrepreneuring and even leadership is like, just be unwilling to quit. Okay. And like winning is hard and keep winning is even harder. Right. Right. And it's just that, that he talks about the cleaner mindset, like always having that cleaner mindset. It's just, it was, it's natural to me. And the hardest part is when you kind of got to divert and say, how is it that you're consistent and reliable? 
what is it like where do you teach that to someone it's like oh man that's oh wow that's gonna take a minute for me to break down sure that was one of those books that kind of really get, started to give me some of the language for that I okay gotcha. and explained it to be like oh yeah that that's yeah that the language is huge it is you know because we're like i know it i've internalized it yeah you can feel it but how do i articulate it right that's hard it you know? is. and especially someone's like teach me how to have grit and i'm like uh all right, get on the line. Right. Right. Like, you know, yeah. and don't quit. I'll show you a couple <laughs> things, right? you know? Right. Um, We're going for a 30 mile a time, run. It yeah. wasn't like this like <laughs> scientific approach. It was like just battle tested. Right. You know, and it was like, oh, look, I mean, it's like, it's like the SEAL teams, like Bud's training. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like those who stayed became really tough. Right. <laughs> you know, the, right. what was the recipe? Don't quit. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, can you explain yeah. that? Well, yeah. first don't. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. And then here's quit. what quit means. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. a red thing over that. Yeah. Uh, yeah there's so, a bell. Don't ring it. Don't get the donut. Don't get that stuff. Like just exactly. hang in there. Yeah. yeah. The donut Jocko. Coded lies. That's a great one. Jocko's um, awesome. But yeah, so that, that's why I really liked that book. Nice. Of just like, just sheer grit, sheer perseverance and winning and winning and winning because also on the other side, why I liked that book. It, it made me realize some things about myself Okay, of like, oh man, I'll get that trophy. And I mean, I won't even hold it for two seconds. And I put it down to go get the next one. Right. Cause the trophy doesn't mean anything to me. The right. process leading up to it. Like the feeling is what it is. Dude. And I thought, man, you know, Amen. I don't know how healthy that is. Maybe every now and then we ought to just hold the trophy for a second. Yeah. You get like and a couple minutes. Like, hey, let's smell the rose for a minute. For sure. You know, for sure. Um, so that, Tim, that that's one of the things that jumped out to me. Like he doesn't talk about that. It was kind of a self-realization while I was reading it. Yes. Nice. It was like, Oh, you know, maybe I'm a little too hardcore on some of these scenarios at certain times. Yeah. You know, uh, so those are the things that jumped out the most to me. Nice. It's a good one. He has another one called winning winning. Um, okay. it's uh, pretty similar, honestly dives into more of the Kobe stuff. Okay. And, uh, and his mindset and things like that, but sports guy, super competitive. You'll resonate with that book. Perfect. It, it, it will, it will definitely help you. Awesome. For sure. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, this has been a fantastic, again, fantastic interview with our buddy Desi Maynard from Maynard Leadership. 